Business as usual is a thing of the past, but the entrepreneurial spirit keeps us closing in on our dream. That's why U.S. Bank makes sure solutions are a conversation away, so we can help you adapt and evolve your business, no matter what comes up. Because even in uncertainty, you can be certain we have your back. U.S. Bank. We'll get there together. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Welcome to the AFA Podcast, the official podcast, animationforadults.com. Welcome to episode 43. Uh, I'm Chris, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, co-presenters, and... Comrades. (laughs) Comrades. Good one. Uh, (laughs) And you've already heard her. It's Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey. How are you? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. It's it's another day, another awesome day, and I'm looking forward to talking about some animation. Woohoo! And Dan's <laughs> here. Dan's here. Hi, Dan. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Great. Yeah, pretty good too. Thanks. Pretty good. And joining us <laughs> from New York City, it's Yvonne. Hi, Yvonne. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, I'm I'm doing well. Um, I've just been super busy with uh, Animation Nights New York, and um, yeah, we'll have some really uh, terrific, some big announcements soon. But um, I've been yeah, just really busy with that and watching films, watching films and watching films. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to be here with you guys. Yeah, it's good to have you. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's been a while, wasn't it? Actually. It has, yeah, yeah. I keep mm. meaning to. I think last time I was actually, I fell into work um, <laughs> to the extent that I totally lost track of time, and I was just like, "Oh, nice." <laughs> I think it's like twenty minutes till end of recording that I realized I was like, I missed it. <laughs> I know it's a drag, but anyways, here yeah, now. It's, so it's a bit confusing because I've spoken to you said a couple of times but <laughs> actually, you haven't actually been on the show but you just sort of no. think, you just think when we're talking we're probably recording <laughs> yeah i kind of yeah i get that for sure <laughs> like but, so if this is your first show you might like to go back and listen to our previous episodes on animationforadults.com or on tum not, not tumblr <laughs> on uh, itunes or stitcher or podcast.com and Maybe if you enjoyed the episode, you'd like to leave us a little review. And you can also email us at podcast at animationforadults.com if you've got anything you want to say to us or any questions or anything like that. And also, we are coming up very soon to our one-year anniversary. Uh, so yeah. we'd, lo- we'd love to hear like your favourite moments from the podcast or your favourite episodes or things like that. So if you drop us an email about that, then we might talk about that later. Um it's going to be a bit of a uh, mixed bag episode again because there's a bunch of news to talk about and there's some exciting things that we've been talking about, we've been watching and also there is a little thing that we want to talk about later uh, about Studio Ghibli about a uh, recent controversial interview uh, relating to some filmmakers who have worked at Studio Ghibli 
that currently aren't working at Studio Ghibli. But that, that's enough tease, I think, for that. Um, <laughs> very mysterious. Very mysterious. Um, but we are going to first talk about some news. And something that has just happened today, uh, not long before we came on to the microphone, was that uh, Disney have released a teaser for their upcoming second film of 2016, which is, of course, Moana. And they've released a little teaser, uh, which features The Rock a lot. (laughs) Mostly (laughs) The Rock. Well, Dwayne Johnson. Let's, let's Dwayne, mostly Dwayne Johnson as Maui, mm-hmm. the demigod, and he's very excited to tell you all about himself and do a little dance for you. And... Kind kind of reminiscent of like the muses in Hercules, like how they're sort of like painted. Yeah, like, it uh, is that that one opening uh, uh, sequence was very yeah. similar to that. Yeah. I I was thinking it's kind of strange. Like uh, choosing this one character to be the focus of this teaser when he's not the character on the poster. Uh, hmm. Well, you know the name or titular the character for that matter. The titular character. That's that's the one I'm going for. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking, hang on, wasn't the first Frozen teaser? Was it Olaf? Olaf? Was it? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. It was Olaf and um, Olaf. That's it. <laughs> Olaf. And... Who's Olaf? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> o- o- Olaf and the uh, reindeer. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was the two of them. I seem to remember there was like a brother bear teaser that was the reindeers or something, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, uh, the, car- the they were the car- caribou moose. I think it was the moose. moose yeah. uh, the two Canadian moose. So, yeah, well, they they sometimes use the, the comic relief characters, but he's not just a comic relief character, I don't think. But No. But he's also going to be kind of a comic relief, I think. But they will kind of, like be using kind of, him for comic relief. Mm. Yeah, it looks like they're kind of setting up as a bit of a buddy movie. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's why he's being focused on. And then, like, I think the, you know, like the idea is that they save stuff as well. Like the last Zootopia, the Zootopia teaser didn't show anything of the world. It was like a blank, yeah, uh, background, and they're they're teasing. Her, I suppose, like that's why she's not being featured. I'd imagine. But well, she it, did have that one moment where she's where after after Maui does his little dance, she's just kind of sitting there staring at him, just like yeah, it's like I'm not getting what you're trying to tell me with her little. Apparently, yeah. she's got a pig. I think that's great. If she's got a pig for a pet, I'm just like okay, I have a whole new opinion now of this character. <laughs> this is gonna be great. I love that pig. <laughs> that is I, a cute looking pig. I want that pig now. Uh... <laughs> That that pig is amazing. That's... Disney, you have potential uh, mascot material in this pig. They know full well they do, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think they, that's they've probably true. Made, they've already made the soft toys. And... <laughs> probably so. But I will, I will give the teaser this, even though it's mostly dominated by uh, Dwayne Johnson as Maui doing his, doing his thing. That he's probably going to be doing for at least a good portion of the film. At the same time, I'm they, you know they did show a little bit more than that, like a couple of other various clips from the film. And um, I did say one of the things that really struck me, other than that, was the um, effects of the that they were showing of uh, the ocean. 
Like it looked mm-hmm. like everyone was on a boat going toward the island and traveling on this, uh, you know, traveling on the ocean, these crystal clear waters, and it was they were pretty nice looking. Mm. The the whole thing is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, Disney animation, so obviously they're gonna be putting a lot of lots of pretty into the into the animation. Yeah, but obviously we haven't seen very much because it's a teaser. And nah, we've like just watched it. So. <laughs> But Scratching the surface. We will be intrigued to know more. I think that's fair to say. Um, I hadn't re- hadn't realised about it making a big deal about the music. That guy, that guy, the name is 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 he? Lin, the, Lin Manuel Miranda. Is he the Hamilton man? The, is that? Oh, I, yes. I'm, he is. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm gonna pretend I know completely exactly what that is. I know it's a musical. He's so hot right now. Yeah, they've 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 picked well there. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be a cultural phenomenon, 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 phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I've just heard of it. People talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it I, is a I, thing that happened. I started trying to like watch it, and then I realised without like a high school. Like diploma in American history, I was lost. I didn't get it. So it's American history musical. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'm I'm good. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, I, I, that's probably controversial for me to say because I know the internet's going crazy over it. it. It's gonna like win all the Tonys this weekend. Wow. Yeah, whatever. Musicals, whatever. <laughs> Unless they're We're Disney films. We're talking about animation, damn it. Yes. Speaking of which, and Disney, uh, last Disney film that came out was Zootopia, obviously, and it has recently, actually it's just come out on Blu-ray and DVD and digital this week in America and Canada, and it also has just passed the $1 billion mark. <laughs> What? What billion dollars? Mm. <laughs> Fantastic! And it is only the fourth animated film to have done that. What were so, the other three, may I ask? I imagine you could guess one of them at least. <laughs> uh, Frozen, Toy Story. Toy Story Three. Oh, okay. And, and minions. 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 <clears throat> uh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um. But Minions has made more money. No. Zoo- yeah. Try again. <laughs> Zootopia has made more money in America than Minions did. But Minions. Right. I'll take it. But Minions has currently made more money internationally than um, Zootopia. Zootropolis or whatever, whatever it has been called in your region. Zoomania, Zoomani. Slash Crazy Animal City, or whatever it's called in China. Oh yeah, probably. Crazy Animal City, wow. And it's only, I think it's only just come out in Japan, like in the last month. Uh, Seriously? Yeah, so. And it had like four weeks at number one, I think, and then. Something else knocked it off. Pokemon or One Piece, probably. No, neither of them. It was 
No, it was something else. <laughs> Joe Cole. Maybe, or, uh, I don't know, something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, something Japanese knocked it off. Uh, but, yeah, because, like, Frozen is current. I don't know if it's the biggest grossing film ever in Japan at the moment, but it, wow. it, it was definitely... It made a lot of money. They like their Disney out there. <laughs> so, I don't know how, you know, it might have legs out there, and it might take, make even more, and it might make two billion... No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was, it's kind of funny that the the Japanese version's coming out now in uh just recently came out because I remember one of the first international trailers that I saw for Zootopia when it, before it came out in the US was was in Japanese and it was really funny getting to watch some of those clips in you know with all the characters speaking in Japanese it's just like oh my goodness <laughs> this is kind of magical and obviously people have raised the question if it's made a million dollars billion billion dollars <laughs> one billion dollars then people are saying what about a sequel then hey 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 what about a sequel and, uh, <laughs> and the uh directors have basically said that yeah they've thought about it obviously of course they thought about it <laughs> um and they've, they've also suggested the possibility maybe of a tv series but i'd imagine there's going to be a, a full theatrical sequel but Disney don't rush into that sort of thing these days. I mean, it took them years to announce Frozen 2. Uh, they do seem to be story-driven, so I don't know a lot of people don't think they are. They think they're all about money, but I think they are more story-driven, at least at the creative side. <laughs> it seems like they're trying to be, at least compared to um, their extreme lull of... Uh animated films and just doing a whole bunch of direct-to-tv sequels i think that they're finally trying to they were they're moving away from that and just like you said trying to focus a bit more on story and uh waiting for the right story in order to actually say okay we can make a we can make a legitimate sequel out of this this is with the zootopia they've definitely got the background and this expansive world that they've only shown you know they've only shown us so much of to really which they can just pick any point of it and then just say okay we can make a sequel out of this or that and the other that is basically what they said they said there's so much like that is touched on or you see briefly like different parts of the city and things like that that you could um, build a sequel on so they definitely want to go back and do more and they also said about that they might explore the relationship between Nick and Judy but oh yes <laughs> that's it the internet's already done that haven't they <laughs> oh the internet uh, but, <laughs> but yeah they, they said well it'll either be platonic or be romantic but whatever half the internet will be upset <laughs> yeah it's, it's like right. no matter where they go they're going to offend somebody so really it's just going to be a matter of what do they feel is better for their story you know screw everything else I really don't want it to be romantic, though. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. Oh. I don't want to go there. <laughs> no. It just doesn't it... seem right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember the one uh, I was watching, because I, I got the Blu-ray recently, and I remember one of the scenes, one of the deleted scenes that they had, actually, they kind of teased that a little bit. Was or they, they, they kind of took that, they took an advantage to make a joke out of that, really. It was, um, where the one they have this one scene 
Judy takes Nick back to her apartment just to kind of like hide out from uh, I think it was, they'd just been chased by that one jaguar so they were just kind of hiding out to be safe and Judy comes in and then her whole family is there and then Nick follows her in and of course her entire family is like uh oh it's a fox and then her dad her her dad basically you know, she's trying to explain to him it's like no he's it's like he's he's not just a fox and her dad is like cheese oh, and crackers he's your boyfriend <laughs> and then basically just uh, shenanigans ensue and they just it was a basically re- reworking of a scene that eventually made it into the film but it's it was kind of funny that they were already thinking about that <laughs> maybe just making that a joke in the film but there aren't re- there aren't like any romantic relationships in the film are they they don't like suggest or oh, there are mixed marriages or anything not really no yeah I suppose you know because then I guess they'd have to design some <laughs> hybrid some... animals yeah <laughs> The, the, the kids. That'd be strange. <laughs> that's hilarious. Maybe like a liger or a tigon. Oh, that'd be funny. Actual ones that exist. You so, say liger, and my brain immediately goes to uh, a, to Japanese anime. I'm sorry. <laughs> my my mind goes to Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, oh, right. What what anime uh, is there a liger? Um. The uh, it's I don't know if you ever were familiar with it. it was this a giant like a uh, merchandise based anime called uh, Zoids. Oh, there was a vaguely. whole like giant robot cats that was called Ligers. Oh. And so yeah, those like any time like all the main characters uh pilot like these big giant Liger cat robots, and it's it's giant robots and it's fighting and it's it's it appealed to me in at like my teenage years so just like when you say liger i'm like oh liger is in the robot like no, no. that sounds like tiger robots won't we might have been watching possibly later Ooh. maybe <laughs> possibly tease 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 sorry dan what were you saying a tiger robot yeah i i was also noticing that <laughs> similarity yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, are we all pleased about possible Zootopia sequels? Definitely. I'm. I'm thinking they like after reading the art book and looking at all the different extra content that they included with the the Blu-ray release of Zootopia. I'm thinking that there's ample opportunity for them to do a sequel. And you know what? I think there's they've put enough work into this that they can choose whatever the heck they want to do a sequel of, and as long as it's the same quality of writing going into the film, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm well up for just going back to that world, because it was just yeah. amazing. Mm. And, yeah, and even Dad wants to see a sequel, so there you go. Hey. Yeah, that's big. <laughs> hey, well, no, I said, I said when Zootopia Metropolis came out um, that I thought it was like the most naturally deserving of a sequel of like the mm-hmm. recent Disney movies. Yeah. Like Wreck It Ralph seems quite like obviously, okay, what other machines are there? What other games are they gonna be? And Big Hero Six seemed to like be really pushing it, but Zootopia like was all about every little nook and cranny having something interesting in it. So Yeah, it could be good. And if it's like another uh, cop like buddy comedy I think uh, that sounds great I'd love a series of them it's really funny though, that it's been 
you know, it's made a billion dollars because it was everyone was thinking, oh, that's just a little. That's Milana's the big one. This is just like the little, little fluff one. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, apparently not. It's now it's wrong. It's the one that's probably going to be everyone's favourite, and or the Oscar and everything. Oh, I don't. coming out. Reviews good. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, I've marked my calendar for. The oh, are the reviews good? Yes. Uh-huh. I know. Ooh. It and they've been putting be out a lot of promotional pr- material on Twitter too. Like I remember there was, uh, I think, uh, actually, our, uh, David Lally actually retweeted something um, concerning the uh, designing one of the characters that's prominent in Finding Dory, uh, the octopus, Hank. And uh, it's it's pretty pretty cool stuff. I'm not how much work they had to try and get this character to come to life, and so I'm really looking forward to going to see that on the 17th. It's looking like it might be more than just more fish, eh? Reference, mm-hmm. reference to early episode. Fishy feels, <laughs> right? Yeah. Fishy feels. Fishy feels as well, yeah. Jeff Biscuits. <laughs> no, they, they'd be... It will never oh, die. No, okay, no, they won't. <laughs> I was about to say they'd be soggy Jeff Biscuits. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. that was beautiful. Let's not go there. So, <laughs> <Let's> yeah. <laughs> um, check, check, check Urban Dictionary if if you no, want. Don't, don't do that. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still dying over here. Move uh, on yeah. without me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, billion dollars. Woo. <laughs> Okay, moving on (laughs) to some more news that broke this week. And it's more in the indie side of things. And it is related to the movie The Breadwinner from Cartoon Saloon and Nora Toomey that, as you may know, we are very excited about. And we mentioned a little while ago that it hadn't yet got a distributor for America but it's got on for Canada and for the UK. Well, we now ha- now know it's going to come out to in the United States by G-Kids. What a surprise. Uh, but the surprising thing is that G-Kids are also going to be a producer on the film, which is a first for them because they've only been a distributor before. So now they're taking the next natural step and actually putting money into films themselves, huh. which is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. What do you think that's going to mean for the the breadwinner? More money. More uh, money is always good. You know, being investors as well, they're really probably going to push the marketing quite strongly too, which is good for the film. That, yeah, yeah, definitely, and maybe even push for like for a, maybe maybe wider release. I don't know if they've got more money going into it. Hopefully, that'd be good. Mm, yeah. uh, and probably get them an Oscar nomination. <laughs> Which they were probably going to get anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> so hopefully that's going to be something that they're going to be looking at doing more of going forward. So don't be surprised if they're also putting money into uh, Wolf Walkers. Tom Moore's oh, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, yes. 
Oh, yes, wolves. <laughs> wolves and all that. <laughs> well, the thing is, these films are all, all like, co-productions, like, Cartoon Saloon co-produced with studios in, like, Europe. And, and in this case, it's, uh, I think, uh, Irish, French, Luxembourg, and Canada, I think. Uh, and now America as well. So, Woo! there you go. Um, so, yeah. G <laughs> kids moving into production. Good for them, we say. Woohoo! And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it should mean more of the kind of films that we like getting produced, hopefully. So or getting produced more easily, perhaps. Yeah, I think uh, any any way to get those those films produced you know, with less struggle would be a lot would be a lot better. Mm. And it should help their business as well, because if they if they put money into it, they should get more money out of it, and then they can produce, they can acquire more things and produce more things. So, yeah, and then they can expand to the UK, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. Um, so yes, that's happening. And also this week, in the old school side of things, something is coming to. Blu-ray and DVD in September, and that is Transformers the movie, the good the, one, oh, the real <laughs> one, the, the non-Michael Bay one. Is that the Shatner like... one? Shatner, no, Shat- Shatner no, Leonard <laughs> Len- 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 Nimoy. Oh, sorry, was why not that far. <laughs> now I'm just trying to no, now I'm just trying to picture Transformers <laughs> with William Shatner. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, but no, yes, yeah, so it had Leonard Nimoy, um, Robert Stack. It was a whole bunch of really awesome, awesome casts in the uh, animated film that they did as a kind of a bridge between the second and third season of the of the old television show. And it's finally getting a Blu-ray release. I'm so excited because the only last time they had the they did it they did one for uh, the. 20th year anniversary of the film, and then now, now another 10 years later, they're getting ready for the next best thing, which is the Blu-ray. And it also was the final screen roll of Orson Welles. Yes, it was. And he <laughs> yeah. was not very pleased about that, if I recall correctly. He was... he was That was a very depressing fact that, was, that one of his last roles was just this darn movie. This darn movie about giant robots and I'm like hey you sound you, you the character you played still sounded scary so I consider that a plus so it's coming out from Shout Factory uh, in September and it's got a newly restored uh, print uh, from the original 35mm print and it's going to have special features that are to be confirmed at the moment and it coming out as part of a deal between Shout Factory and Hasbro apparently so there will be possibly more Transformers stuff coming as well hmm. I don't really know that there's particularly anything that people would want apart from apart from this I... movie but um, yeah it's, it's that's interesting to hear that they've uh, that they're have this deal going on but um, and I'm also interested to see what kind of special features they'll add because I know they had like a couple different things with the uh, the, uh, the old anniversary DVD release, which is the you know 
director commentary and uh, fan commentary and a couple things been, you know, about the making of the film, but not really all that much because I wasn't sure how much was they actually saved, but they might be they might have been holding back for this particular uh, anniversary. I don't know. Well, they they might record some special new things like retrospective features. Uh, talk, well, some of the voice casts I obviously can't get back. Um, no, there's there's still there's still quite a few around, so you yeah. can get any one of them to come on. Yeah, they just can't get Leonard DeRoy or um Orson Welles, obviously. Well, for for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, Rachel's excited about that. <laughs> I'm a long-time Transformers fan, so I just and this was one of my early introductions to the Transformers franchise. So I'm very excited to see any extra content or the, like the restored footage. So yeah, I'm all for it. And Rachel wrote a review of the film, like quite well, like a year ago. Or sorry, yeah, <laughs> so a little over, almost over a year, um, over a year, I think. Yeah. Um. So you can read that and. I, I can link a, I can stick a link to that in the show notes. Um, so if you want to know all about Transformers movie, if you don't know anything about it, then read that. Um, and one other little story is that there is an interesting crowdfunding campaign started up this week uh, for the 18th annual animated show of shows, which is a a base. It's like an edited movie length thing of short animated films from around the world. Huh. Uh, and it's been go- it's been going since 1999. Uh, but previously, what it was was it like went round to animation companies and and video game companies and things like that and screened for that and screened for like animation students. But last year, they actually did a Kickstarter campaign uh, to screen it in cinemas uh, in, all around the US and in a couple of other countries as well. Hmm. And. After that being a success, they're doing it again this year. And last year they featured like the Don Hertzfeld World of Tomorrow and uh, the animated film We Can't Live Without Cosmos. And I don't, it hasn't actually mentioned what film's going to be in this year. But if you like getting to see animated films on a big screen, short animated films, then you should look into this. Yeah, it's and like a, um, it's like a multiple feature of all these different animated shorts and just one yeah. big program? Hmm. Huh. It's, it's the kind of thing we talked about that we think is a good idea. Well, seeing mm. seeing shorts all together. And it's yeah. the kind of thing that everyone's been doing. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's, like it's, it's sounding familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, but you're just doing it off your own back. <laughs> that's right. That's right. DIY. <laughs> uh, it's working out though. 
Uh, everyone, <laughs> yeah, there are different ways to go about doing things. <laughs> so. Yeah, but this this is a, I think this is a good campaign, and it's, yeah, uh, for sure, I think it's worth checking out. Anything, anything uh, that supports animation, animated shorts, getting a wider release to a bigger audience to see them and appreciate them is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And if you look into it, there might be the possibility of maybe getting it to come somewhere near you if you're lucky. Um, I think it said last time it screened in four countries. It screened like in the US, Canada, Australia, and South Africa. Uh, I don't know why those why South Africa because they're cool because but... they're cool places that love animation. The UK is just rubbish. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Can be. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean it like for for such things. Mm-hmm. Film distribu- uh, distribution, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's about it for news. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about some stuff that we've been watching. Um, there is something that both Rachel and I have watched, although we've watched slightly differing levels of it um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that, that we'll talk about in a minute and I also watched a film on that I watched on Netflix and that was Extraordinary Tales which is a G-Kids um, release and it is a anthology film based on the fil- on the work of Edgar Allan Poe yeah, I think that's probably one of the reasons I've been, I've been thinking about looking into that, but I think that's be- very, it's because it's Edgar Allan Poe that I'm just like, I want to see it, but I, I kind of am a little nervous about seeing it at the same time. I have to confess, my knowledge of Edgar Allan Poe goes as far as that episode of Simpsons' Treehouse mm-hmm. of Horror. Yep. Oh, huh. Me too. Really? I, I don't think, you know, it's not like anything we do at school over here or anything it's just like I don't know he's old geezer who did mm-hmm. <laughs> never more yeah <laughs> oh well that's definitely a required reading um, oh, oh yeah. hang on no, I, we did the Telltale Heart at school um, like, yeah Telltale Heart um, the Black Cat too mm-hmm. at my school oh boy yeah we didn't do any of that that's scary <laughs> that was scary stuff so it's an anthology film, and it's each each of the uh, shorts. They're all actually written and directed by the same guy, uh, Raúl Garcia, and each one uses a different style of animation. They're all C- they're all CG animated, um, but they're quite varied in the style. Like, and there there is one based on. Fall of the House of Usher, and there's one based on Telltale Heart, there's one based on uh, Pit and the Pendulum, and another one. And um, they are basically, there's also like a wraparound story, which is the, um, it's supposed to be the soul of Edgar Allan Poe, uh, like having a discussion with death uh, mm. and Ooh. But his soul, his soul is represented by a blackbird, which IMDb said was a crow. And I'm thinking, surely it's a raven. Yeah, uh, but yeah, because that's the uh, big, that's the big, uh, that's the big one, isn't it? Mm. Um, and he's basically talking about his life 
and it's just an excuse for them to uh, wrap around the, all the different stories. And um, like the wraparound story, it's got this interesting visual style where it sort of looks like it could be done like paper cutouts. Hmm. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that sounds uh, cool. And I thought that looked really cool. And then the Fall of the House of the Usher one, that looked really cool. That, that was another CG one that sort of looked stop motion-y. It sort of looked kind of like a bit like the Tim Burton produced stop motion films like um, Corpse Bride and and Frank and Weenie and uh, things like that. And also there was also a sort of hint of the style of the Book of Life in it, which is all the different textures. Oh, wow. And also, the voiceover in that bit is Christopher Lee. Ooh, mm. boy. Ooh, that's There's great. There's some star power. So that bit is some really creep, good. Some creep power as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one is, I think, the uh, is the um, Telltale Heart. And Ooh. that one has got a C, it's like monochromatic look, and it's CG, and doesn't look that great. Um, in the voice of it is a archive recording of Bella Lugosi. Oh. So so far, this film has two Draculas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting. I didn't know that. Wow. Has that happened before in cinema history? I don't know. <laughs> What's scarier than Dracula? Two Draculas. Two Draculas. <laughs> Double Draculas. Yeah, so that that bit wasn't so effective because I didn't really like the visual style so much. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is supposed is it tries to do like a graphic novel style. It looks almost like an animated comic, but it's also CG 3D, so it sort of looks a bit weird. Um, I think the voiceover of that one was Julian Sands. And that one, again, wasn't wonderful. I think that was probably the weakest one. And then I think the next one... One of them has really... Yeah, has really um, quite impressive CG. It looks looks sort of similar to the quality you'd see, like, in the CG in a... Probably... Maybe not a PS4 game, maybe a PS3 game. But pretty pretty good. And that one, the voiceover is Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. Ooh. Del Toro. Ooh. So, yeah, so this has got a pretty impressive cast, this. It does. Uh, yeah, and uh, that one's pretty good. And then the final one, it's got this sort of weird, it, again, it's 3D CG, but it's got sort of a painter. It looks like it's hand-painted at the same time. And that one, one of the voices is Roger Corman. <laughs> So it's like these people in this, and that one again was all right. Uh, so uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag because that's the thing about anthology films; they often can be. Uh, but there is enough in it that I say it's worth watching, and it's it's only like an hour and twelve minutes the whole thing. So, oh wow! Okay. And it, it's on Netflix in the US, so you can watch it there. And yeah, I think the first the, the first uh, one is the best, and. Maybe the first one you'd watch time and time again, and others you wouldn't. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, it really depends on whether or not what kind of what anim- which of the animation types speak to mm. you, and then also what kind of ta- what what tales are being told in this way. Like if you're and a fan like... of Edgar Allan Poe or not. Mm. 
It's got two Draculas. So there is go. that too. <laughs> Can't think of any other film that has uh, has that exactly. And a, and a Del Toro and a um, and a Roger Corman. So hey, that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the other thing I watched uh, was the thing that Rachel also watched. Yes, yes, it is. And what, what would that be? That would be Voltron, the Legendary Defender, which just came out on uh, Friday for Netflix. They put out the first 11 episodes. Chris, I believe you said you watched the first two. Yes. There was the hour. There was the hour, hour pilot episode for the first the first episode, and then the, the every every sequent, uh, bleh, subsequent episode was about 23 minutes long. And he watched, Chris, you watched the first two, I watched all 11 <laughs> within the first two days. And, oh boy, just, um, it's, I'm still having trouble putting it to words, just how wonderful an experience it was watching this series, and how much I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. It's definitely, like, you can tell that the people who were involved in this definitely took a lot of inspiration from the original series, but at the same time, they're doing it. They're very much doing their own spin on it. So, which is, I actually think, is probably a lot better than just trying to pander. It's like, oh, look at this. It's like this is like the original. Oh no, this is like the original. It's like, well, yeah, but just also give it, you know, its own level of creativity. You know, they change up some of the characters, and for better, you know, for for good effect, I think. Because um, I have to say, even though I know Shiro, who is the de facto leader, it seems of the group. Um, voiced by uh josh keaton i believe uh one of my favorite one of my favorite voice actors and uh his i remember his character was like a, a spin off the original like um anime uh go lion leader and i'm i have to say so far he's my favorite out of the whole team but the, even like with the other characters and how they have them split up in their group dynamic is definitely really cool to see And, and I, could, have... I could keep going on, but as all like let someone <laughs> else have a turn. <laughs> I I I liked it. Uh, what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it was quite funny because um, I gather it it arrived obviously from midnight um, in, in on Friday. Yeah. Because it it was I could just I guess it was you know like. It seemed to be people reacting on Twitter as it, you know, just as it came out. People were just like, "Oh, I'm watching Voltron," <laughs> so, and the enthusiasm people were having it was, it was like really, really fun to see um, that it was really working for people. It's like, "Ah, oh, good for them." Um, and this is before I, this is before I'd watched it. Um, I have to say, disclaimer first: I don't have any attachment to the original apart from, you know, the fact that it's I've got a soft spot for old anime. But I haven't actually seen it, and what I do know of it is sort of mixed up in my mind with Battle of the Planets. I think mm-hmm. when I think about it, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is there's a one of them talk, like whoop, whoop. <laughs> change noises? Is that Battle of the Planet or Voltron? I didn't know. That sounds uh, like Battle of the Planet. <laughs> yeah, um, so I get those two mixed up, and also I haven't really watched any of. Uh, Avatar or Korra or no, none of Korra I think I watched an episode of Avatar 
it might have been an episode partway through or something and uh, it never particularly made me go back and watch it although I've heard that I should and <laughs> I, I, will, I will give it more time at some point one day Chris, wanted, one day I wanted to give that disclaimer so that I'm coming to it basically fresh um, <laughs> uh, yeah it's fun, it's really good uh, it's very very polished and well done the animation is excellent the uh, the 2D animation is very nice looking um, and the CG for the robots and everything and the, the lions I thought it was very well integrated didn't you think so Rachel? yes yes, <laughs> I, I thought it was really it was really smooth transitioning between the two and better than I've seen in a lot of different like you know even some Japanese anime uh, Japanese animes it was really just some like I've seen some do really good transitions some not but this is definitely on the on the higher end and it's good humor I like the it's funny because um, even though both Avatar the Last Airbender and Korra both kind of have an anime style like you know humor like they'll it'll continue like split into like kind of cartoonish like, you know anime humor style like cutaways and stuff like that but I'd say even more so than those shows uh, Voltron legendary legendary defender does that a lot even like even more than it's uh, the previous shows that Studio Mirror's done and uh, it's I don't know I think it's to positive effect because it's some like some of it works some of it sometimes it can be like hit or miss but I think most of all most of the time it's just hit after hit after hit after hit I find that really weird I find I find it quite weird that there are uh, western animated film animated things done in an anime sort of style I find that weird in a start for starters but <laughs> when they do when they do the like you know like the anime comedy bits with all the faces changing and everything like that. I find that really weird. <laughs> so it's like, what? That's what? <laughs> like you're, you're so used to seeing that somewhere else, but then you find it's like, yeah. oh no, wait, that this is you know mostly Western made. Just like, oh, it's odd, but it's I don't know. I think it's it's kind of it's interesting to see you've got this group of people who just who know this type of animation and just are uh, just kind of put their all into it. Yeah, and I, I've only watched a couple so far, and. Um, I, for the most part, I've I've been digging it. Um, there were occasional points where I thought, I this is a silly thing to say. I know obviously it's a, it is aimed at kids and stuff as well. But sometimes it feels like a kid show. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be hard to break away from its roots because really that's kind of what Voltron was. Even I mean, like I said, I was rewatching some of my old. Uh, the the, the old epi- older episodes um, on the DVD on the DVD box of the first season that I have and it is very you know it's very silly very campy very cheesy and you definitely can tell with this show that they're definitely modernizing it a little bit and uh, but it's still it's still not going to get away from its roots it is still kind of cheesy it is still kind of campy in certain in certain areas but not like not not at least with the mo- with the um, the character dialogue between the multiple characters but uh i don't know it's just it's still it's still a space opera so all the goods and bads that come with that are still are still in play but if you if you dig that then this is a you know regardless whether or not you're familiar with the older show i still think it's it's a this is a series you can get into pretty easily i yeah it's it feels a lot like most so far it feels a lot like most 
sort of Becca anime to me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's just an American made one. Yeah, so... that's what I felt actually. Like, sorry to, to like jump in, but like uh, that's what I felt from just watching the trailers. It was like, oh, this just looks like a sort of thing which is there about you know a dozen dozen of these sorts of things being made in Japan this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, I guess so it's not... the thing that really sets it apart is the type of writing style, maybe. Yeah, because because basically at the moment to me it doesn't feel like revolutionary or anything. Uh, it's like I saw, and it it I saw like a link to an interview or something, and it, uh, and it said about Voltron writers talk about serialization and bloody because I know Dan, you were saying about oh, are they gonna do serialized things like they do with um with their other Netflix shows. And it looks like that, yeah. Well they Rachel, I guess you could tell me they they definitely do that, yeah? I, I guess so. I mean uh <laughs> I I was only able just able to finish like the eleven episodes that they got uh that they have out on Netflix right now, but um so I wouldn't be able to say other than just they've made it that far. But I would like to see that them continue to more episodes because I'm sorry I'm not sure if I'm... I mean that the stories in it uh, it's serious like you have to it? watch it in the episode order and you can't just like jump in episode 5 and it be this week yes that yes. is right yeah it's, I mean, it's told it's a, it's a linear story I mean there's literally nothing revolutionary about that that's just what they do in anime all the time yeah <laughs> it is it's also what they do with Avatar and Korra yeah and you know when you put it in an American thing, it's like oh it's revolutionary. It's like no, it's not just... really. It's I, I I'm I would say as much as I enjoy, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it revolutionary. I no revolutionary yeah, I series. Say revolutionary. I call it bold, maybe. Yeah. Well, it's because it's because in like American kids networks, they like to show things in any order they like. I know. <laughs> so yeah, they'd... they just don't give a shit. They put Christmas episodes in June and all sorts. So they they don't like things that are serialized like, but no. you know that's the that's the standard anime way of doing things and you know people enjoy watching things like it's, that because it's like it's oh how, I have to keep watching. It's how people watch things nowadays. I think like mm. if you're watching something on Netflix or like another streaming site, you go episode one. I'm going to start with episode one. And I think like I don't know many kids that like watch stuff on demand. Uh, but like, is that what kids do? Like, if they, if you, you know, have Gravity Falls on on demand or something, do you go? I think start with episode one. Yeah. Well, my my nieces watch things on Netflix and Amazon, so. Oh right. They're pretty and iPlayer, so they're pretty used to watching things on demand. So. Mm-hmm. But they might just pick the episode they want, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're probably not at you know the age to really watch things with a a um a, a serialized story yet. True. Yeah. It uh, really depends. It depends on the age range, I think, because some it's like younger kids would be want more willing to watch you know something that's a bit more episodic, whereas the older kids would probably be looking for more a serialized story. But. I don't want to sound like I'm I'm down on it or anything. Cause oh I'm no, I've, I I have been really enjoying it. Uh, I'm just 
I'm just saying that I'm not like going, wow, this is the best thing I ever watched or anything. It's just, <laughs> it was, it's good. It's, it's good. It, really good. It, knows um, what is, it knows what it is. It makes no apologies for it. And it does basically puts all of its time and energy in making to sure making sure that it is the uh, darn good space opera. And I'm like, you know what? Great. If it can do that just fine, then I am satisfied. It's just a really good example of what it's trying to do, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I wanted to give a little shout out for uh, some of the voices. I just wanted to give out a shout out for Reese Darby, the um, the, the New Zealand, the, the New Zealand uh, comed- comed- yeah, comedian uh, who's in it. Yeah, he's Flight the, um, the oh god, the character's uh, name is escaping me. Murray Present? That one, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, he's in it, he's doing his own accent, and does he, I, 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 does he, does he play Keith? No, no. Oh. Keith. Because <laughs> I saw, <laughs> I saw you tweet, like, that's not a very sci-fi sounding name. That's, that's <laughs> a name from... From the original Voltron. Yeah, he was actually like, the original oh, leader. They, they, they've changed it around. Shiro's oh. the leader in this version, whereas uh, in the older show, Keith was actually the leader. Which Keith. is, I find yeah, he- actually hilarious with the way they're changing up the group dynamic, because the actual character, Keith, in the legendary Defender, he's he's very different. Like, he's, out of all the characters that they've been able to expand upon, he and Lance, I think, are the only ones who really <laughs> haven't had any real time devoted to them. In terms of like you know what makes them tick, other than Lance is now the new kind of like jump you know leap before you think kind of character like you know uh, man of action of the group, and it's just mm. like I'm, I'm more interested to see if they can work are going to expand on his character later along with Lance, but it's one of those like kind of like they're only eleven episodes in and they're obviously going to do more, so maybe they're saving that for later. I'm I. I kind of feel like I'd be not surprised if I found out that Reese Darby like improvised some of his lines because <laughs> basically I I think almost everything he says is funny in it and generally there you know I didn't laugh a lot at the show but I thought everything Reese Darby said generally was great. Um, he was good and also and also uh, I thought Tyler Levine was also good as as Hunk is it yeah he's Hunk. good as well. Yeah, he he had some good bits as well, <laughs> and as as uh, as Dan has alluded to, I find it hilarious that there's a guy in a sci-fi show called Keith. Uh, <laughs> Voiced by our, uh, late... I for, I have, forgive me, his name is escaping me. Um, goodness, give me a second. I know his name. Uh, Stephen S- Yuen. Uh, yeah, Stephen Yuen as he's playing yeah. Keith in this version, and I have to say, you know, from coming off The Walking Dead, this is actually yeah fairly good performance even though he really compared to some of the rest of the cast members doesn't get that many lines <laughs> but I we have suggested that there might be in future a um, a more in-depth spoilery discussion of Voltron which seeing as more people are um, seem to be very excited about it <laughs> then I think that should probably happen but Agreed. for now for now, I think we would just say, Voltron's good, go watch it. Yep. <laughs> go support it, please. And also, it's, um, that, I think that shows you how kind, one of the ways to do a reboot, really. Oh, heck yes. Put it in the same thing as, like, the Thundercats reboot and Danger Mouse, 
it's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it'll be interesting to see because DreamWorks have got the rights to lots of like old franchises, which is how this has happened. So it'd be interesting if they did similar things with some other ideas. <laughs> yeah, I forget exactly what what series they actually own, but hey, that'll be that'll be a surprise for later, I'm sure. I mean, they've got like He-Man and stuff like that. Oh, they own He-Man. <laughs> I think so. Oh, they all bought, the like, filmation stuff. They bought like this. They bought like this company that owns the that's called like Classic Tunes or something. It's just got, and it's it's got things like Casper and all sorts oh, wow. and things like that. But also things like um, things like He-Man and Mm-mm. maybe GI, not GI Joe. I don't know, but yeah, that's Hasbro. Yeah. Lots of old stuff. <laughs> so, and this is the first time I've actually done anything with any of it. So that'll be interesting to see what they do with next. Indeed. I, I'm assuming from the way uh, this has been received that there will be more of this before too long. And they, they seem to sometimes dump out episode dump out like <laughs> they see they put out episodes fairly regularly of some of these DreamWorks series like like there's a new batch of DreamWorks Dragons Race to the Edge coming out later this month as well so I don't know if they I don't know if it's every year or if it's more regularly than that yeah so. I certainly hope it's a bit more regular because uh well I probably shouldn't say anything here but just as I'm really I'm I'm already eager for more episodes <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be that surprised if there's some more episodes in like six months or something because Eleven episodes. It's not. It's not like they put out twenty-two episodes or anything, is it? Yeah, supposedly so, I keep hearing like everywhere else that there are thirteen episodes made. Yet I only see eleven on Netflix. I'm like, where's the other two? Oh, perhaps there's a Christmas special. Oh yeah, because <laughs> Netflix does do that. It's quite annoying. If there's a special, they'll list it separately. Like the BoJack Horseman Christmas special is its own <laughs> selection. It's not like something you can select when you just type in Bojack Horseman. <laughs> that would be weird, though, because it just... I don't know, because I, I can't... Like I said, I can't get into it because we're this is spoiler-free discussion of the show, but just, like, it's... Considering where episode 11 leaves off, it's, it would be really strange to just, like, kind of leave off at that point when they... You know, you know that there are two other episodes waiting in the wings. It's just like, well, come on, get them out. But anyways... They probably, I like to think they know what they're doing, so I'm just going to let them do their thing and try my best to wait patiently. Keyword being try. A very Voltron Christmas. <laughs> just, no. No. <laughs> Not yet, at least. Apart from the whole season. Well, I know we made a hint hint that uh at a certain old anime series that I dug up or at least I mentioned earlier in the podcast called a certain called show called Zoid's Battle Century. And really Uh. there is not too much to say about it other than it was fun, it had giant robot animals that people would pilot and do in these big like team matches. 
And uh, it's, like I said, ro- giant robot animals, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's, 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 it was a fun series. I think it was one of the, um, one of the shows they brought on Toonami. Like, relatively, like, I would think it was a bit later in the game, after, like, with the, when the block was kind of winding down, I think. But it was... It was it was very entertaining and like if you want a good action another good action series to watch I would recommend that I'm not sure if the CG and 2D was as well integrated in that show because it was a bit a bit older but it's still worth a watch I'd say. Cute. And the only Ooh. other thing I'd like to mention is like I've been I heard the news about this one anime that's going to become that's already out in Japan I believe and it's out on Netflix there but it's and they say that it's probably going to get streamed on Netflix you know around the world at some point but they have yet to do it because I went to look on Netflix and I couldn't find it but it was this anime series called Kuro Mukuro and it's about a let's see if I can break this down um it's you know anime Anime plots can get a little little zany, but this one is basically there are these giant robots that come from outer space, and uh, supposedly they were attacking feudal Japan. One of them, oh. <laughs> one of them supposedly got taken by the feudal samurai and gets buried underground for who knows how many years later. Cut forward to modern. Flash forward to modern day where they've dug up this robot and use it as a base to create their own robots. And then these big bad alien robots come back and start causing mayhem and in the in the chaos you they reawaken the one that was buried underground and the samurai that was buried along with it. And so not only do you have giant robot action, but you also have a samurai from the you know, an older samurai trying to interact with modern day technology. What? That sounds amazing. <laughs> it that is actually like War of the from World. From what I hear, it sounds like great. Thor and what that sounds so good. It is <laughs> That sounds like a lot of fun. I highly recommend looking into it because I don't know if it's gotten a wider because as far as I know it hasn't gotten a wider release yet. But from what I've seen, it looks like people are already kind of like freaking out over how awesome this show is. Like, A, the military that's, you know, organization that's involved with, uh, you know, on the, you know, on the good side are all actually competent, which doesn't really happen too much in giant robot animes. Normally, like, you a new threat shows up and they throw the military at it. It doesn't work. So then that's when they call in the giant robots. But even, even though it has shades of that in this series, at least when they throw the military at it, they kind of, they actually behave competently. It's like okay, well, this didn't work, so let's try this kind of kind of thing. And and what is that called, Rachel? It's called Kuro Mukuro. I was kind of hoping that there was they were going to stick around in the samurai era with giant robots because that sounded cool. Well, they well they keep <laughs> flashing back to it because apparently there was like this big big traumatic event that they keep flashing back to, and uh, there's probably something happened that they're going to allude to later. But I'm not as I'm not too sure about how that how that's going to work yet, because they're they're only a couple episodes in in uh, Japan. Because I think yeah. it, it only started airing in April, so it's a very it's a very new series. And I believe the studio who worked on it was um, what's their name? It was a uh, P 
PA Works. They're the same folks who did uh, Angel Beats back in uh, oh, 2010. Okay. I've heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks really good. The animation, from what I've seen, is top-notch, and it, it, it's got great action from what I can see. And also, um, there's this one uh, gif of the series that I keep seeing over and over is when um, one of the midway episodes where you see the like I said you see the samurai interacting with modern uh, technology including yelling at a samurai drama on TV tell, yelling make them make them act right <laughs> that's where the 4-bit comes in yeah that's where the 4-bit comes in and I have to say it's, it's pretty entertaining from what I've seen so far but I will I'm, I'm still waiting for it to be officially released on Netflix because I think that's probably going to take off like wildfire they might be waiting I, I, to stub it perhaps it's possible yeah Netflix do that they dub things in about 12 languages <laughs> <laughs> they they have some weird they actually have some weird anime they have on there like that you wouldn't think that they'd put internationally like there's this one on there called um I think it's Cyborg Zero Nine versus Devilman. <laughs> hmm. um, I'm I'm familiar with is... Cyborg Zero Nine, but what? Yeah, it's that's and like a really old anime series. And Devilman was a really old anime series from like the 70s, and they've just mixed them together, and then they've dubbed that in about 12 different languages. It's like, huh. this this is a strange choice. Yeah, I. I watched an episode of it and I was like, I, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they're really bizarre series to mash together. <laughs> yeah, Cause, definitely. Because one of them is one of them is a sci-fi show, and one of them's about Devilman is about a um, a guy who becomes half demon so that he can fight demons because demons eat his parents or something. Um, <laughs> Some traumatic backstory. Yeah, and you know it's this really dark and horror influence. Like I saw the old, like an old '90s OAV of it, and it was really disturbing because there was like this demon thing that had a, a turtle shell, and it had it it captured souls in it, and it had like had the faces of the people it captured on Ooh. on the shell, and they were all conscious. And that is creepy. Really... That almost sounds like a kind of variation on a kappa yeah and that thing was in this episode that I watched oh my god <laughs> it's, like, it's like what these are really weird things to put together I don't know what's going on yeah, especially oh. because, you know, I mean Cyborg 09 had its uh, had its darker moments but I think at least it, it tried to be a bit more on the light hearted scale apparently the um, the creators uh, have like worked together and they always wanted to do a collaboration Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Slightly more uh, sense. Yeah, that, that's on Netflix. <laughs> if you want to be really confused. <laughs> Apparently, um, Kuromukuro is, uh, has English subs on Japanese Netflix. Oh, okay. Oh. So if you can uh, uh, borrow into Japanese Netflix... I don't know. I've never tried that, but I can I can give it a shot. <laughs> I tried that, and I like added loads of movies to my list, and then felt like an idiot because none of them. They're all in Japanese. Yeah, none of them had subs. 
<laughs> that's interesting. They put English subs on the Japanese Netflix. That's that's interesting. They very rarely do. I think they sometimes. I think it... they might know what they're doing. I perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like if they, I don't know if like diehard anime fans like uh, end up watching it, they might see. Oh, look, loads of IPs from Europe and US have been watching this show that's on Netflix. They might give them an idea of like how to how popular it might be uh, if they release it elsewhere. Perhaps I don't know. Or or it might be an indicator that it's probably going to be released elsewhere. Uh, like, because they've already done the subs, because it's going to be released globally. Or right, released. yeah. Yeah, they said they're definitely so... going to release it globally, they just haven't really said what date that is yet. Oh, okay. okay I think then. as far as I, I've looked into it. It's weird for Netflix to hold on to stuff like that, though. Yeah. They've done it. They have done it before. Like, um... Uh, there's a series called Arn, I think, that is now everywhere, but I think it was only in Japan for a bit. But only with um, Japan, I don't mean uh, not other countries. Yeah. Mm. I don't care, as long as I, f- I find a way to legally watch the show and watch the uh, main character, the samurai character, run down the hallways screaming for his robotic motorcycle, screaming, HORSE! <laughs> <laughs> he, call- he calls the robot his steed. It's great. <laughs> It's fantastic. It's very thought. That that does sound fun. So, like I said, hopefully I can find a find a way to watch that on Netflix very soon, and I can give you a more in depth uh, review of it. But it's just right now, from what I've seen, it looks awesome and hilarious all at the same time. So, it's that's really all I've been had time to watch this week. Okay, then you don't really watch telly or anything, but have you got? seen anything that you want to talk about in any way in in, <laughs> in my in my trademark fashion i watched about like 15 minutes of um voltron actually <laughs> oh um, okay and like i was really impressed with like the uh the production is amazing it um, is and it's it very, was like it's very well done it was quite entertaining i didn't expect to be drawn in by it and i'm definitely like going to go back and at least finish watching the pilot because I found it quite amusing, and it, yeah, it was quite well written, I think. So I didn't expect to, but I'm gonna, uh, I think, try and check that out. Sweet. Um, what else have I been doing? I don't know. Not very much. I've been at I've I've like been at Elcaf this weekend, the uh, London like comic festival. Nice. That's All right. Been, Sweet. Like, yeah, it's been great. I've been. Uh, yeah, I bought a bunch of like awesome new comics and met lots <laughs> of really cool um, independent like creators and uh, yeah, uh, had 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 a blast there. So I've not really been watching like much. I I watch a bunch of Bob Ross stuff <laughs> because, <laughs> because like he was actually never. I don't know about you, Chris. I never saw him on UK TV. But he, no, he, no, but I he, didn't know who he was. But he bled through, like, as a part of American pop culture, mm-hmm. um, like, in parodies of things, and people would mention him. <laughs> totally. And, like, there was a family guy, like, you know, um, little piss take. And, but, yeah, I'd never seen his stuff. And I'm a convert. I'm, like, you know, he, you could say whatever you want, like, about the quality of 
each painting and just say like oh it's a bit kitsch it's you know whatever but man it's like meditating it's so <laughs> it's so calming and he's just like oh he's great so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna definitely watch all of those if I can um <laughs> yeah that's not animation though um well it's it's not what I have been watching. Watching it's what I've watched, um, mm-hmm. I, and it's kind of relevant uh, or topical, I guess. Uh, when Marnie was there was released this uh, past week in the UK. Right. Yeah. On Friday. Yes. Um, in limited release. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, super limited. Um, so I guess like yeah. do a quick. Uh, a few words on that if anyone's interested sure yes please yeah um well um it is the second film directed by Hiromasa Yonabayashi uh who directed um Arietti uh back in 2009 or 10 was it I think it was yeah right around 2010 I think yeah, and um, I actually really like him. He like he's a really interesting like animator and and director. I thought that uh, like out of him and uh, Goro Miyazaki, who were like the two directors mm-hmm. that Ghibli was quite obviously trying to um, what's the word uh, develop um, as as potential mm-hmm. like heirs to. Miyazaki and or Takahata I thought that he was the most individual and like promising and competent frankly um, he's like a, he's a really good animator he's um, he's animated some quite like iconic moments from Ghibli himself like he animated Chihiro's dad eating the eating at the start of Spirited Away and oh. he's animated like uh, he animated the f- first scene in Ponyo where you see her break out of the like underwater prison she's in and all, oh. of the, all of those like fish that sort of like dive up and then back into the water he animated that stuff so like he's a he's a great animator anyway getting to like when Marnie was there um has anyone like read the book no unfortunately I've been yeah. wanting to well the, the book no. is is set um in, in Norfolk, actually. Um, and it's like this, uh, this is like a children's children's book written in the 60s. Um, and it's, it's quite atmospheric. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those books where like, you know, the, the, the setting really is like a character in itself. It's really sort of, it really sort of colors the whole um, story in, 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 in kind of like a, kind of creepy sort of isolating way it's a bit spooky um that is norfolk <laughs> yeah uh, so um and kind of with arietti uh which like which was based on another like british children's novel uh the film is relocated they relocated the story to hokkaido in japan which is uh i guess like a close ish match uh it's like you know, not very tropical. There's sort of quite overcast sort of skies going on from the looks of it based on like the backgrounds in the film. Um, and there's this quite sweet story about a girl who 
um, is kind of troubled and she's sent uh, her foster mother can't really handle her and she's sent to live with uh, a family um, in the in, I'm going to talk about the, the story of the movie in, in Hokkaido and she sort of has to adjust to life there and deal with making friends which she's not very good at doing um because she's quite rude and and she's she's shy but when she talks to people she comes off as quite rude um uh that's anna and um she she encounters uh this girl while she's wandering around the marshes uh who who looks kind of old-fashioned. She wears, like, quite old-fashioned clothes. And she comes from, like, an old marsh house. And she she uh, she goes back there in the daytime. And, of course, the, the house is, like, boarded up and deserted. And it's kind of like a little bit of a ghost story. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing to talk about because... The ending of the story is one of those stories where the ending completely changes how you've been watching it. Mm. Um, I hope that's not too like a reveal. I can't really say without really completely Ah. the whole thing away. And it's a really good story. Um, As a film, it's 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 uh, it's interesting. It's one of those Ghibli movies which is definitely like low low key. It's very concerned with like day to day life, and there's like there's no real fantasy actually, apart from this sort of supernatural ish character um, of Marnie. And and it's kind of like Yona Biashi is his he actually joined Ghibli after watching um, Whisper of the Heart, and that's one of his all time favorite movies. And you can kind of see like that he was influenced by it in the way that um, when Marnie was there plays out it's 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 very comfortable with like the slice of lifeiness kind of thing going on and if you like that in Ghibli movies then I think there's a lot to enjoy when in when Marnie was there um, it's ever I mean it's it's a really gentle film and I think it might be slightly too gentle for its own good at times um, in like it, it doesn't really t- it, it, it kind of does this thing and it's quite old fashioned that Ghibli movies tend to do where it, it hints things um, it, hints, it hints at conflicts that you can read into uh, where you'll get the more serious substance of the story but that stuff isn't really on the surface. On the surface, everyone's quite polite, and it's quite a gentle film. But it's beautiful. Um, obviously, it's a Ghibli movie like to look at. Mm-hmm. Animation's incredible. Um, uh, so yeah, it's 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 kind of it's kind of a tricky one for me. I think it's probably for me on a par with Arietti, which I really enjoyed. Um, it's definitely a lot better than. Um, Goro Miyazaki, uh, Goro Miyazaki's movies. Ah, um, uh, yeah. It's yeah. I I liked it. I think it's a better film than uh, From Up on Poppy Hill because it has. I do like that one. Do you? 
<laughs> I, I'm sorry. No, yes, no, no, I do. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I didn't mean to say it like that. But um. <laughs> uh, uh, how could you let that? Uh. For me, that film kind of struggles because it doesn't really have a good ending. It just sort of stops after a little bit. Um, I, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, there's a reveal at the end, but I think that when Marnie was there, it has a little bit more of a tidy overall contained story going on uh yeah it's it's um it's a good movie yeah i i I quite like it i mean as you can tell i'm not completely over the moon by it because it's over the moon with it because it is like one of those quieter sorts of (laughs) sort of films which is you know not showing off and there's a lot to like about it and Mm -hmm. recommend it because from the looks of it, it's like the last Studio Ghibli uh, in-house movie that we're going to see for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a funny one. Um, but I really, really want Yonobayashi to keep making uh, animated movies because I think he's a really interesting director and he really gets story and character. Um, a lot more than Corey Miyazaki, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I remember really enjoying Arietti when I first watched it, and I've been meaning to check out uh, when Marnie was there, so hopefully I'll get a chance to see it soon. That is that Arietti is actually the most successful Ghibli film in America. Oh, yeah. I did not know that! It's surprising. Well, you know, it was the most successful in cinema run, anyway. Um, which is why you quite often... <laughs> Like things will be promoted, like from the director, Spirited Away and Arietti, or from the studio that brought you, right? Spirited right. Away and Arietti. It's because Arietti was actually really popular. Mm. They uh, did. The they did a really good job of like pushing that on the sort of Disney Channel audience, didn't they? Yes, they did. They, I remember watching it when it was first coming out, and it was getting promoted everywhere. So it had really good advertising. So that, if in that regard, it's no wonder it, it probably reached that spot and just won the most popular Ghibli films in the U.S. Mm. Uh, yeah, if, if, if you liked Arietti, then I think you'll definitely like when Marnie was there. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> oh, and uh, actually, Dan, did you know that um, only yesterday, uh, Blu-ray release in the U.K. in August. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. I I found it on, on Amazon. I was... Looking around, oh, I found I found that clipped it through. When's it coming out? Oh, August. Awesome. Oh, I hope they include the making of. The making of is really good. It's 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 really like uh, warts and all account of how bad Takahata was at keeping on schedule. Um, <laughs> uh, Miyazaki was like producing the movie, and there are just so much of the documentary is just Miyazaki with his head in his hands. Just going, <laughs> oh shit! What am I meant to do? <laughs> yeah, uh, August fifteenth. It says on Amazon at the moment. Uh, DVD Blu-ray combo, sixteen pounds on Amazon at the moment. Uh, it doesn't say about features. Jobs are good, and though I'm sure I will. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be worth having complete the set. Well. 
won't complete the set because <laughs> I still I still have them all on Blu-ray anyway. <laughs> no, 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 uh, I, I, I pick my faves. I pick my faves. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's coming out. So there we go. So it's not long after it's coming out in America. In that's coming out in July. Yep. So. Soon. Very soon. Cool. So they're not they're not making us wait too long. Um, Avon. <laughs> did you want to talk about how the last um oh a yeah. animation nights went? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I I've really just been watching um the some film submissions really um mm. yeah we, and we're up to like fifteen hundred sixty. I know we'll be hitting the we'll be hitting the sixteen hundred mark soon. I think. Um, and yeah, they've been really great, but yeah, we're, so we're at, um, 180 Maiden Lane now, um, with, you know, indoor grass and, and, uh, there's a little cafe now that, that open in there and they've, you know, beer and wine and, and stuff. And, and, uh, we probably had like 300 people. I mean, I think my estimation is a little bit low actually, but I think we probably had about 300 people there <laughs> and, um, Whoa. they were yeah, and they were accommodated comfortably, which was really cool, you know, like, um, there was just plenty of, of space for everybody, so it was beautiful, it was it was a great event, and, um, yeah, everyone uh, really, uh, really had a good time, I think, that a lot of really positive, we got a lot of really positive feedback, and, um, yeah, it was a terrific lineup of films, it also, I was saying this before, but it also screened um, at Expo North, that same program screened, uh, at Inverness, um, as well as, as New York City, on the same day. So that was pretty cool, um, just to have that happen, you know. But uh, <laughs> international, <laughs> international, yeah. Actually, um, we've been sort of doing that a lot lately. I've, I'm in touch with a couple of different festivals, um, so we can do more of that, just to sort of get the work out there, you know. Um, and you know, and we are definitely. I mean, we have to sort of announce it officially, officially, but we will be um, having uh, the Animation Nights uh, Best of Fest at the end of September. Um, and, Sweet. yeah, we're really, really excited about that. But there's a lot of really cool news that I'll, that I'll be able to um, sort of announce officially um, on the podcast soon. Um, super exciting, though. <laughs> really, really cool stuff. And, yeah, we, we have a ton of um, sort of panels and programs lined up for that as well. So... Yeah, it was just it was just great. It's they're just they're just getting bigger and um and we're just getting more people and uh you know, it means more work and more um and we're getting more film submissions, you know, um but I don't know, it's just lovely. Like like uh, <laughs> uh you know, it's a big animation party, like everyone's there um for the same uh for the same reason, you know, to watch watch these films. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Yep. Yep. So yeah, try and make it out to the next one, July thirteenth. Ah, <laughs> my mom's birthday. No kidding! Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. We should announce that. I should put it on the program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> under the under the AFA um, <laughs> logo. <laughs> 
Happy birthday, Chris and Tom. Exactly. That would be awesome. Like, you'll be you're you're being wished a happy birthday in New York. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll have like three people reading it. <laughs> Probably at two o'clock <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> UK time. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I definitely have to do that. We'll put it in small print. It'll be mysterious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <it'll> pro- <laughs> we have to totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's happening. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> so, right. so yeah. Okay. When, so July thirteenth, next yes. one. Try and make it if you're in the area. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, we were just talking about um, when Marnie was there, coming out in the UK. Um, there was an interview that has been published. It was on the Guardian website um, with uh, her, Yonibashi and one of the producers um, doing a Q&A about when Marnie was there. And... It has caused a bit of a controversy uh, because they made uh, some remarks that have not gone down very well. Um, when they were asked um, about the possibility of Ghibli ever hiring a woman director, um, and the the producer, one of the producers on when Marnie was there, uh, who was by the name of. Uh, Yoshiaki Nishimura uh, he was a producer on when Marnie was there but he is not at the studio anymore um, and he, when he was asked whether Ghibli would employ a female director uh, he said it depends on what kind of film it would be unlike live action with animation we have to simplify the real world women tend to be more realistic and manage day-to-day lives very well men on the other hand tend to be more idealistic and fantasy films need that idealistic approach i don't think it's a coincidence men have picked mm-hmm. oh boy yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah this this comment was not very well received uh, uh it's fair to say um <laughs> Uh, the thing was, obviously, this went round as people saying Ghibli say, <laughs> Ghibli say women can't direct films. Uh, it's like that isn't actually what's happened. That wasn't exactly what he opinion. said either. I mean, he had he very clearly no. had an opinion. He probably said he probably should have thought more about what he said before mm. he said it. But he yeah, was. His, I don't his... think he was not speaking for Ghibli. Yeah, no, he was whilst saying, he no. was whilst he wasn't like. It's kind of like if you're doing press for a movie, you're mm-hmm. you're uh, representing. representing your studio and the ideals of your supposed, you know, supposedly of your studio and of your film. So you can't expect those sorts of comments to, you know, not uh, be considered entirely out of context not only that but it's even more damaging than if he had just come out and said some a blank statement because it's like it's got that sort of insidious tone that um is a big problem <laughs> mm-hmm. you know i mean um because yeah it, yeah it gives me the creeps <laughs> <laughs> i don't blame you 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's a really, 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 really stupid. <laughs> it's I, I, it's really tricky because I think it. Yeah, it's it's a stupid thing to say. It's it's just it's pointless to try and um, yeah. Uh, tar like everyone of each gender with the same brush but the problem is is that it's it just seems to me like a very conservative sort of mindset basically and when you look at like you were saying chris if you if you think of it in terms of um uh helen mccarthy's sort of uh view on uh on on sexism in in Ghibli and in Ghibli movies, it it's not it's shocking, but it's not actually unfortunately that surprising. So so what Helen McCarthy has sort of like said about Miyazaki and the Ghibli uh, sort of attitude towards gender roles is that and and it's and it's actually true and it's 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 interesting to to notice it and once you notice it it's hard not to notice it is that ghibli movies are very good at um liberating younger women and mm-hmm. girls and but you'll notice that in the movies once women get to a certain age they're expected to settle down and be at home, look after the kids, um, be reliable, and support the husband. I mean, that's not that. Obviously, that's a generalization in itself. But when you look at you know uh, the families in Kiki's Delivery Service, you know you see women settling down and assuming quite traditional um, gender roles. And when you think about the the people in the studio themselves, like Miyazaki's wife, in fact, actually gave up her career to go home and uh, uh, raise his ch- raise their children, and she still makes lunch for him every day. So it, the studio is actually kind of founded on quite conservative, like traditional ideas of uh, like gender roles. That said. Um, the 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 producer. Um, sorry, what's he called again, Chris? Nishimura, Nishimura is is kind of ignoring the entire uh, workforce that drives Ghibli, because a lot of the uh, salaried like animators are are women, and like Miyazaki's, um, you know, uh, his. He's color designer for every single one of his movies. He's, uh, um, um, I think she's called Michio Yasuda. Um, she, you know, she's as important a part of like those movies as, as uh, the music or anyone else. And when you when you look at that, it doesn't kind of, it's not cut and dry, is what I think I'm trying to say. And if if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, um, Nishimura, he he said that women are, are realistic and men are idealistic, and you can look at that like in 
in not it, it's sexist and it's stupid to like try and car you know each gender with the same brush but it's 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 kind of you know swings and roundabouts a little bit i mean yeah but doesn't it also imply lack of imagination <laughs> uh yeah it does but then again you i look the thing is you could also say he's saying that men tend to have their heads in the clouds and women have their feet on the ground and you know, get shit sorted out a little bit more. So it really is up to interpretation. Yeah, and that's the that's the troubling. Sort of, except that they're the ones being hired, so it's also implied that they get things done. I don't know. I, I, no, no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, like Ghibli's like workforce. There's never been a female director, and there's um, there are female animation directors. I think that's as as high as the the. They get up the ladder, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, like it's—I mean, it's worth seeing it in that light. I think um, his his comments, be in that they're shocking, but when you look at how the studio is sort of how how it functions and some of the uh, gender sort of roles as they've been reflected in the movies they might be a little bit more conservative than people would expect. Yeah, but that's not an excuse, though, you know no, what I mean? No. Like, that's not, it doesn't, it doesn't really, I mean, what it does is it, the fact that he said that so sort of casually or thought that, I mean, I'm sure he didn't, wasn't necessarily intentionally saying that to cause a controversy. <laughs> that's no, the um, sort of, and, yeah, and, that's and the that's, disheartening part. <laughs> it's disheartening, know, but I think also, like, when you, um, I think it's sometimes easy to forget that Japan is very far away, and not just obviously geographically or anything, but like culturally, it's it's an island, and sometimes things arise. I, th- things arise like that. Miyazaki has commented on that seem just like whoa, like where the hell did that come from? Because it doesn't. It it just seems like to come like a meteor into like the zeitgeist as as you understand it from like an English world perspective. That's true, but we have the same kind of disparity in the United States, you know, with regard to the number of female directors and the number of uh I mean I think it's getting better for sure, but um, oh, well, yeah. no it, it is, but what know? I'm saying what I'm saying is like maybe it's less of a conversation. Maybe it's maybe uh Nishimura expected those comments to be uh, you know, not 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 really seen so strongly under a microscope. I'm not saying like I'm not trying to excuse it or anything like that. Oh no, I know. Yeah, it's no, worth, I know. Like, understanding that he they're not you know he's not party necessarily to the same conversations about like gender roles and sexuality that you know are happening. I don't know though, because again, like I'm just uh, sort of, sort of repeating myself, but it's yeah. that sort of insidious kind of uh, notion, these notions that exist that um, um, are, are the reason for, I think, you know, a lack of uh, women in in power. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's why that's why I think the Helen McCarthy's uh, older comments about. Mm-hmm watching Ghibli movies and kind of seeing that they reflect quite conservative ideas about gender yeah. roles is, is worth, like, you know, 
thinking about because right and noting yeah yeah because it's like yeah no definitely yeah because people people think you know a lot of western people think hey Miyazaki puts all these these female heroines he's he's a feminist yeah and it's like well no he's actually not he's, <laughs> he's never explicitly I mean, stated that he had that he is he just that's just I how he, he casts his movies. I, I think I think he is, and it's 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 tricky. Like he is from he's an old guy, and it's it's not an excuse. No, it's like no, I don't no. I don't excuse Grandpa for being racist either. You know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> my it's, thinking it's, is, as long as you're breathing, <laughs> there's a lesson I'm, to be no, learned for you. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying yeah. Uh, what like to him seems like feminism. Mm-hmm. Might not nowadays, so right. it's it's like I'm not saying yeah it's no excuse or anything like that um, for Grandpa not being able to catch up. <laughs> it's it's worth remembering that you know it it comes from like an an older an older world and like I don't know it's it's a how does it, the song it, go? You have to be carefully taught. How does it I don't go? Know that song. <laughs> it's. Nope. It was from an old musical. It's about about I wasn't not necessarily about gender roles per se, but it is about you know, it was about it was more about racial tension than anything. But it's 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 all comes from the idea that you have to be taught these ideas from a very young age, and once they are set in, they are very hard to change, regardless of what they are. Mm. I mean, so. yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting like thing for me to have arisen from Ghibli because, like. I I do casually when I think about Ghibli, I think, oh yeah, Miyazaki, like he champions women, like not just in his movies, but also like in his workforce. He really values um, their contribution, and he like or actually around the time that like Kiki's Delivery Service was happening, like he was making a very conscious effort to hire female staff. Um, so it's I just want to like say it's not as cut and dry as like flat right. sexism it's definitely like problematic and you know ignorant but yeah like right. like most things when you can take when you take like two things two things out of context you can form a, a an opinion of something based on like a few comments but i think it's a right. lot like complicated than it seems that's why it's worth talking about i mean because uh you know, it's like all this stuff has to be unpacked. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, you know, you you learn something at an early age, and that's fine. But you know, that's why the best thing for the whole world is travel, <laughs> is people getting out there and you know meeting other people and yeah. sort of shattering their preconceived notions. And if you can't travel, honestly, I think like animated short film and documentaries are <laughs> like the next best thing. You know? Yeah. Honestly, um, because they. Just because the that kind of direct expression exists, you know, and, and it really can open people's minds right. and, and change their perspectives, yeah. um, you know. I, I, I think the part of um, Nishimura's comments that I don't like is the ending where he says, I don't think it's a coincidence that men are picked. And it's yeah, that, like, that it's, seems it's, out of everything you said was the most troubling one. Like it's it's like it sounds to me like you know when people talk about like people of different races mm-hmm. uh, not getting roles which white people get. It's like well, the best actor was jo- the best actor for the job was chosen, and it's like well, <laughs> like, are you sure about that? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's like who's deciding? Like comment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and certainly when you look at like management at Studio Ghibli and like typically like Japanese companies, they're run by really old like conservative <laughs> guys, and this is a boys' club. Yeah. So you know, I think it it is. Uh, not a coincidence that men are picked. But, <laughs> but not, yeah, not because of why he does this. <laughs> but it's stuffy old dude. But I think it's 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 worth like mentioning as well that you know this is actually reflective somewhat of of animation uh, outside of Japan as well. That mm-hmm. you know women are a strong part of like the workforce, and there are lots of like fantastic like. Uh, um, women like animators and designers and um, lighting directors and all the rest of it but like where are the directors where's where's mm-hmm. the eye right it's something in the industry that needs to s- progress for mm-hmm. sure not well, just definitely. not just in Japan but all around the world uh, I mean and whilst it's good that uh, independent uh, women animators, uh, you know, is becoming a more common thing. I think it's important that the bigger studios recognize the need. Definitely, because the same problem exists. It's like this old boys' club yeah. <laughs> status quo thing. I mean, it's exactly the same problem. Yeah, I know. When I yeah, I think um, it's. I think it's going to happen in the next few years. Like there are some some real like well i hope it does because there are some talents like kicking around like in in the u.s that i just i i know like there are some good like budding directors mm-hmm. they just need to be hired oh yeah well that's the thing i mean but I that's mean, it see... though yeah. like there's the talent and there's the there's everything you need apart from just the simple act of saying how about her Exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, I mean, that's part of what I'm pushing with um, Animation Nights New York is, mm. um, you know, part of what I want to do is like the next few steps is going to include. Uh, I mean, I mean, want to be a conduit for for these filmmakers to, you know, so that they can get work because, and I, you know, I'm constantly now being, um, you know, asked if I know any animators <laughs> looking for work and, you know, because people are coming to me now um, as sort of like a, because of the festival, you know, and um, and I, the goal, and it's been sort of a um, part of the plan all along um, is to kind of create, you know, not just a database, but kind of like a website for that, but, um, you know, that'll be a little, little ways well, God knows everything's moved so fast. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe it'll happen in the next couple months. But, um, but, um, but that's part of the reason, you know, it's just to like sort of take that middle layer, middle management kind of layer, weird judging, controlling thing out of the picture and just be able to go like, look, these are the films that were shown. These are, you know, this is the portfolio, you know, different portfolios of these people. And, you know, choose one, <laughs> you know, and, and as long as they have a budget, then they can start, uh, conversation but that's something that i sort of pitch to uh potential sponsors i'm saying you know these people are directors like and they're future directors and they're currently directors you know of all different ages and um you know this is 
look at all the talent. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So look, here's the talent. All you need to do is say yes, and good things will happen. Exactly. Right. And there's no, you know, there's no conversation about, you know, ethnicity and <laughs> race. Yeah. Gender. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 why are they when is International Men's Ghostbusters? Day? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> when is International Men's Ghostbusters Day? <laughs> that is pretty hilarious. That's pretty like, great. Uh... <laughs> okay, I think I think that that's about wraps us up for today. Uh, so thank you everybody for joining us. Always a pleasure. And thank you, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. And if you would like to catch up with everything we're doing, you can keep up with all the latest news, reviews, interviews, and all sorts of other stuff on animationforadults.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can join our Facebook group. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at AFA Blog. You can find us on Tumblr, Pinterest, and Google Plus. And you can also follow me at Mr. Crystal on Twitter and Facebook and Dan where can we find you? On the internet uh, on twitter.com at Hanu Okay and Rachel? You can find me on Twitter at Fail2Ninja Awesome and Yvonne? I'm on Twitter at iSnare underscore Inc and if you would like to submit a short film uh, please submit it to Film Freeway to Animation Nights New York and you can find that link on the website animationnights.nyc. Awesome! <laughs> and we will catch you. We will catch you very soon for episode forty-four. <laughs> That's the number. That's the right one. Amazing. That's the one. So, <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Good night. night. <laughs> With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. With things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.